Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Kudos to you for braving the cold. Gee whiz, it was a little chilly today. Um, we are going to pray before we get going, and then we are going to jump into God's Word. If you'd like to turn to the book of John, that will be a great place for you to, we're going to sit in there a lot today, so that'll be a great place for you to be. Let's ask the Lord to join us today. Our great God and Father, we praise your holy name. We worship you in your goodness and your sovereignty, and we are anxious to learn from you today. Would you please teach us from your word? Help us to hear what you have to say to each one of us, that it may grow us stronger in our knowledge of you and our great love of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, wow. We are learning a lot in this study, wouldn't you say? I hope, I hope that you have been challenged and inspired to study more, to investigate, to be bold with your words of what you know to be true. And I hope that, that you are encouraged to, this is just going to be in my way. Uh, I just have too much moving to do. Um, I hope that you will be encouraged to ask your questions, to bring your doubts out of the darkness and into the light. I find, and maybe you do too, that if we leave our questions hidden, that they tend to fester in our hearts. Don't you think? They just kind of go around there and we wonder, but gosh, we don't want to say them out loud because how would that look? So we just keep pushing them down and we keep wondering about them and having them go deeper and deeper. But ladies, There is healing, there is truth in the light. Bring them out. Throw those doubts on the table, all the questions that you might have. Let's talk about them. Our God is big. Our God is true and sure. Nothing's gonna surprise him. Nothing's gonna stump him. going to be great for us to have that dialogue with each other as iron sharpens iron and then that helps us go out and have conversations uh, with our neighbors and our friends and our families because we've practiced amongst ourselves and we've encouraged each other and come alongside to remind each other what is true. So I want to encourage you, keep those questions coming. Bring them up, and we'll wrestle them through together. We'll wrestle them through together. It gave me this picture of what we're doing in here with this study of, a, of a, when a foundation is being laid. And there's tons of pictures of different foundation pictures, building and stuff, but I loved this one. Because at the base, you're laying a bar upon bar, and I pictured each bar 
is a truth that we're getting to know and that we're, we're being able to defend and we lay it down and then we lay another one next to it and then we lay them across and we're building this great strong foundation of what we know to be true. And then this provides for us two things. It provides a grid for which we filter what's coming at us from the world, what the enemy throws our way to our thoughts and our doubts, and we filter it through this grid of truth. And it's also laying this firm foundation for us that as we live our life and as it's poured in to this foundation, it's firm and secure and it holds because we have laid and we have investigated and we know why we believe each thing and each bar is there to provide us strength and security. Now in my mind, I was hoping that you might be able to um, write each truth kind of like in the part, you know, can, can you picture that? But I'm not an artist. I'm not like our pastor Jeff who could stand up here and then he could have drawn that whole thing. That, that was not it. So if you, if you wanna draw your own little foundation here with the tubes empty so that you can write on them which truth you know. And they're interlinking to give you security. And the one that I um, was thinking of here as we're looking at a picture of our foundation, I was looking at these three things together that we studied. We studied this week and we had great teaching from Denise last week, a couple weeks ago. So scripture, first, one of the bars there, the reliability of scripture. Why do we believe this is reliable? As we got in our study, and as I, and I hope you investigate more for yourself, there are other historical documents that are not the Bible that support so many of the events, of the facts, of the chronologically, of what happened, of who was king, who was not, things that have happened in the world. There are other historical documents that confirm the truth and accuracy of the Bible. Credible, reputable, they have been verified and discovered time and time again, different from digs, archeological digs that have uh, found evidence of what, what was said actually in the scriptures that confirm over and over the historical accuracy of God's word. Investigate it, ask. Don't be afraid to say, is the Bible accurate? Look for it, it's okay, it'll stand up. It'll stand up under the scrutiny. And then we see, the problem of sin. And we saw that, well, don't we see that day in and day out in our lives? It's not a tough one to miss, right? 
And we have to know and have an understanding of sin to realize our need and to see our need for a savior. We cannot save ourselves and to understand the depth of the sin. We're dead, dead, nothing, no life. We need a savior, we cannot save ourselves. I just wanted to share with you this scripture from Ezekiel. It's in the Old Testament. And this prophet is speaking to Israel. So these words are going to Israel. But I loved the picture of it. The picture of death. And then the power of God bringing life to death. So we are in Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14, and I'm going to pick some verses out of this, um, of this section of scripture here. This is Ezekiel writing. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among and around and about. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? God is asking him, bones, dry. Can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Only you would know. And he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you and make flesh grow back on you, cover you with the skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So he did it. I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Can you picture it? The bones scattered all over are starting to rattle and they're coming back to life and they're forming a life form and then there is skin covering the bones. God. Prophesy again. Say, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Thus says the Lord, 
that he will bring his people to the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord God. I have opened your graves and caused you to come out. I will put my spirit within you. You will come to life. I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it. The power of God to bring death to life. That's our foundation. That is who we are trusting in. God, dry bones into an army, an exceedingly great army. This tells of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross by, for dead people, spiritually, you and me, nothing dry bones all over the place. But through Christ's death, he brings, peace, he brings us peace with God. He gives life to our dead souls. This is a great foundational piece of our faith. God gives redemption and new life through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. Here's the thing, ladies. If Jesus came, he said all, all the things that we read in Scripture that we'll go over a few, but he stays on the cross, dead, just like the dry bones, we have no hope. Another man who has died, gone from this life, but, but God, but God raised him from the dead. And that power that God has to bring life from death has thrown open the doors, ladies, has thrown open the doors of heaven to you and to me, has given us peace with God, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the cornerstone of our faith. It's what hinges, it's what holds, it's what sets us apart from other faiths. It's the difference. It's everything. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without it, why would we believe anything that Christ would say other than Maybe he has some good words of advice for our life. But we could decide that then, which words or good advice that we might want to read or take into our life, right? If he is just a man who died and is still dead. But certainly... It would not be something that I would base my entire life or future upon, would you? He claimed, or I should say first, he did not claim 
just to be a guy who wanted to make your life a little bit better and to help you out along the way. He claimed to give the, the word for life, eternal life, life after this life, forever with him, alive with him. Not dead, alive with him. Jesus Christ said these things about himself. John 11, he is saying, I love it. He's talking to Martha after, <laughs> sorry, um, he's looking, he, after Lazarus had died. She's heartbroken, understandably. And Jesus said to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is speaking. This is what he is saying about himself. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? He asks her. And he asks you and me, do you believe this? There it is. If we don't, ladies, or if we're struggling and we have doubts, let's get them on the table and talk about them. Why not? What would keep you from believing? What might keep a friend from believing? That everyone who believes in me will never die. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus Christ also says about himself that he is a king. That he is a king. Pilate is asking to him, as he's going through his trial, this is before his crucifixion. So Pilate said to him, so you are a king? You wonder? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Paul writes in Philippians, for this reason, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him, he's talking about Jesus, the name above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is who Christ is claiming to be. This is what we are told. This is what we are asked. Do you believe this? On your notes, I have a different verse, um, 14.8, John 14.8. It's really 5.39. If you could um, make that little switch for me, I'd be grateful. 
Jesus says of himself as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. And in this verse we went over in our verses that you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. So looking for eternal life, where would that be? It is to these, the scriptures, that testify about Christ. And you are unwilling to come to me. So that what? What are they missing out on? Life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is Lord and King. Jesus is the way to the Father, the only way. Can you see each bar, each foundational piece laying on top of each other to give us a security? Jesus' life and death are not disputed in history. You can read outside of the scriptural text. There is outside confirmation. And accounts do not dispute the fact that the tomb was empty. What's what's disputed is how did it get that way? Those are good things for us to know. History, outside of the Bible, mentions Jesus. And the people involved in his trial, Pontius Pilate, in history books, that we are and often the world, they'll give credibility to that, right? But we can also know with certainty that those accounts are true, scripture. Those are accurate accounts, historical accounts. So they're not denying that the tomb was empty, just how it got that way. The resurrection of Jesus Christ blows up any doubt. He is the resurrection and the life. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the way. He is who he said he was. And ladies, if we believe the resurrection and we believe that Jesus Christ is alive today and sitting at the right hand of the Father, Interceding, meaning talking to the Lord for you and for me. Would this not change the way we live? Our secure foundation, would it not just get firmer and stronger and more secure? I hope so. Because if 
And when we come to that point and we answer that question, do you believe this? Yes. What response would we have except to fall on our face before him and worship him? Because he is God. Almighty, all-powerful, worthy of our whole life. A beautiful hymn says, love so amazing, God's love, Jesus Christ's love, so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And then we look to his word. Who does he say he is? We need to know that. To have more Bars put in our foundation. He is our hope and our peace and our surety. He and his life and death and resurrection is the anchor for our soul. When we say that, um, that we want to be prepared to give defense, right, for the hope that is in you. We've gone over that verse before, right? Remember? To be prepared for the hope that is in you. And you may have said, what, what is that exactly? What is the hope that is in me? that the scripture is saying I need to be ready to give an answer for. Have you ever thought that? What exactly is that hope? This is it. Jesus Christ came, lived, died on the cross. But not just that. He is not a dead God. He is not a dead man that we serve. The resurrection, he is raised from the dead. He has opened the way up for eternal life. We have hope for our souls. We know that we will be with him. That is the anchor for our soul. That is our hope. That Jesus is alive. This fact changes everything. He gives us peace with God. He is our hope, and he gives us peace with God. These two things have us stand firm. I remember when I would teach Sunday school, and on Easter Sunday, I would have the little kids, and you know, here's what I just love about them, is if you kind of make it exciting, they'll do whatever, right? Which can be scary or, or fun, depending but I would have them get little clumps and start whispering to each other after we would learn about the resurrection, that Jesus is alive. And I would have them lean over and start whispering, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. So that they would tell each other, Jesus is alive. And then of course, they would get a little louder. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Ladies, let's be like those kids. Whisper to your neighbor right now. Jesus is alive. Say it out loud. Come on. Come on. Jesus is alive. 
This is the God we serve, not someone who is dead. Say it to yourself when you're alone. Okay, I know this is a little awkward, but go in the mirror and say, Jesus is alive. This is the God I serve. Let your foundation be firm and secure. Play that game with your kids. See if your husband will join in, you know? You never know. Jesus says in John 6, 40, he says here, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Jesus will raise him up. He is our hope. He is our hope. In John 20, 26 through 31, here he's talking to Thomas. Do we remember Thomas? He has an unfortunate name, doesn't he? But by golly, we call him Doubting Thomas, but he got his doubts out there on the table, didn't he? And what happened? Did Jesus slap him around and say, what are you doing? No, he shed light on the doubts. And he said, Thomas, come here. Reach here with your finger and see my hands. Put your hand in my side and do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they who have not seen me and yet believe. That's you. That's me. Jesus is encouraging us to have faith in who he is and what he has done. And when questions come and our hearts flutter and we want to panic, we remember, I hope that we remember to doubt our doubt, to doubt our doubt. Before we doubt our God and our faith. Some ways that I think are so helpful for this. What does that look like to doubt our doubt before we doubt our faith? How do we doubt our doubt? think that when we come to the question of maybe the scriptures, are they really true? I don't know. Can I believe them? Maybe we flip it around and we say, why wouldn't I believe them? I have seen and found that they are historically accurate. So why wouldn't I believe them? What would make me not believe them? What questions do I have about that? Because I know what God has said. Whether it would be that God is with me. Doesn't feel like he's with me. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't love me anymore. 
Maybe we flip that around. Here's what I know. I know that God said he will never leave me or forsake me. So why am I thinking that he would? He hasn't proven to do that in the past. Why would I think that? Why am I doubting? This is what he said. Both cannot be true. Turn it around. Doubt our doubt before we doubt our faith. Another way I think that we can, as we lay different pieces to our foundation, step out in faith. Tell someone how God is alive in you and in your life and what he is doing. I love the faith stories. You know why? Because we encourage each other in telling, giving testimony to the power of God, to the mercy of God, to the great love of God. And as we share with one another, God is lifted high and our strength, our faith is strengthened. I would encourage you, read books, listen to testimonies of what God is doing around the world or in the Fox Valley. They will blow your mind and lay another bar in your foundation of your faith. Get those doubts out on the table and into the light. Iron sharpens iron is one of a great verse. That's you and me as believers coming together and wrestling it. What do we know to be true about God? So in light of that, how do we view whatever comes our way? We don't start with looking at whatever comes our way and, oh yeah, that could be right, that could be right, that could be true. We start over here with what we know to be true about God and his word. And that's how we view what comes into our life. It changes things. It flips things around. Say the truth out loud, friends. I love that she's talking about that in our study. Because sometimes I think when we think things in our mind, think about if you um, have an argument with your husband and you've got it all wrapped up in your mind. You know what you are going to say. You know those points. And by golly, he's coming around. And then you get into it, right? And all of a sudden, blank. Your feelings are all wrapped up. And, and then there's this. And you're distracted by this and that. And you can't even remember the three points that you knew. Probably for the better, maybe, right? Say it out loud. Not the fighting part. The truth that you know. Share it with your kids. Talk about it. It's okay if they're like, Mom, I don't know if I believe that. Really? Okay. No panic. We don't have to panic as moms when our kids have those big questions. Why? Because we know what God has said in his word. We know that, that the Bible is significant and true. And we're going to look at the question through what we know to be true.
I love this quote that I've given you on the bottom of your sheet, on the bottom of your notes page about doubt. Will you, that if and when it comes to a conflict of two voices in your soul, will you always trust that voice that speaks of God rather than the one that is minded to deny him? Will you doubt your doubts before you doubt that to which all that is best within you points? Namely, that Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and to life. And to him and to his vision of God, you may, you must, come what may, commit your whole being and your whole life. Your whole being and your whole life. That's what we're looking at, ladies. That's what we're looking to do. As we, why do we believe that? Knowing what our firm foundation is and standing in that, standing in our firm foundation. John writes to us in 20, verses 30 and 31, about the book, about the book of John in this particular case. Therefore, many other signs Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Do you believe that? God, give us the grace to believe the truth of who you are and may it change our lives forever. Amen.